Get into it, yeah, man. I'm Gio Perez right. on the gate podcast, yes, sir. 23 yes, sir. and one co host of the comedy show at the stand, yes. very successful show. I will add, bro. I think Thank you. you guys, I mean, from when I was talking to Derek, he was telling me that, uh, like your first six shows, you guys were sold out for every single show. Our first eight, we sold so, out every oh, so maybe that was like before, before, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we're, we're on our eighth one now. That's great, dude. It helps that there's two of us. Uh, also Derek has a big network of friends and, you know, he has fucking, he, he, he works in the gym with a bunch of white hot girls. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, true. And he basically threatens them and forces them to come <laughs> to his shows. And I do the same with my family and friends and, you know, obviously ads online help a lot. You know what I mean? We sometimes spend over like, you know, $200 on ads. Oh, really? Yeah, Bro, I really but it helps because yeah, it sells spent, tickets. Yeah, I haven't spent that much money on ads. Maybe I've spent like 20 to $30 on an Instagram ad. You so have wait, to how, spend. Okay, how much and where it. are you guys spending? It's it's mainly just Instagram. Instagram does, because most a lot of people on Instagram, and like it even comes across your friends' um, stories, which I think is dumb, but I guess, say hey, whatever. Like, I'm like, I'm already following this person. Like, you know, why am I seeing this ad? I already yeah, saw I, it. I've seen your guys' ad, like, yeah. a number of times. Like, I'll go from, I guess, story to story, and then it'll be, like, 23 and 1 comedy, yeah. and then I'll have pictures and of all you guys. And then you see the sponsor. The yeah. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. All right, dude, so you came into the studio today with, what is this coffee? What is this, a colada? Uh, this, no, nah, it's just a regular coffee, <laughs> but it's really bitched up a lot. Like, when no, I, or the I. The pumps. Yes, yes, a specific amount of pumps. Oat milk is um, fucking lactose Bro, and, like and whipped that. cream okay. and whipped cream. Oh, whipped I, cream. I, yeah, if they forget the whipped cream and, and I don't see that dome lid, yeah. I'd be like, yo, uh, whipped cream, please. Wouldn't the whipped cream, uh, doesn't that make, isn't that lactose? Yeah, I need some. I need, I need oh, a little need bit. A little bit yeah, I mean, the coffee's going to fucking, you know what I mean, go right through you anyway. I feel you. I like the oat milk. I'm vegan. I don't know if you know that. So oat oh, okay. milk I've been having for a very long time, man. I have a bit about oat milk, but I'm not going to say it right now on the podcast because then I'd blow it. You know what? I'll give it to you guys anyway. Go ahead. My boy making fun of me, he's like, Ted, you always say you're vegan, right? You always right. talk shit about people not being vegan, having cow's milk. And then he was like, the other day... You had goat milk in your coffee, bro. Like, that is not vegan. And I was like, dude, I did not have oat milk. I mean, goat milk in my coffee. I had oat milk in my oh. coffee. Damn, I blew the bit. Yeah. Blew the uh, bit. It was a new one. But, you know, milk, I tried it out milk. on you. Yeah, yeah, oat milk, goat milk. Well, it bombed. It bombed with me. You got to take that back to the lab. Take it back, take to, it the back lab. to the lab. My sister got me a, I don't know if you saw it in the bathroom, my, a notepad, a waterproof notepad. Do you uh, see that in there? Do right in the I shower? So I started, yeah, I got this notepad two days ago, and that was one of the one of the newer bits. That's good. I usually jerk off in the shower. <laughs> So like you do? writing, no, 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 I've never, uh, I, I might jerk off <laughs> into never. the shower. For some oh, reason right. I can't come. Like even when I fuck a girl in the shower, I can't come while there's water running. Well, cause I think like in our mindset, the water running thing is like, it's pee. You know, you think pee, you know, when you, like when you're in the shower, you ultimately people pee a lot in the shower. I don't yeah. know if girls do that, but guys for sure. Oh, yeah, I, def- so I pee on that's... my feet because it's good for athlete's foot. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I like, don't get athlete's like foot. Jellyfish. Well, cause you pee. Yeah. Because feet. I was peeing on my feet, but I used to get itchy. Like I used to itch right on, on the knuckles. And then somebody, I swear this was in jail. Somebody's like, yo, just pee on your feet. And I thought that we were just fucking with me. He's yeah. like, no, I'm dead serious. He's like, do it. And then I did it. And it stopped. So tell me a little bit about jail, man. I guess actually, actually, we want to know a lot about jail, bro. Yeah. So your comedy show itself is called 23 and 1, 23 representing the amount of time of the day, hours of the day that you spend in a cell locked yeah. up. And then the one um, is the one hour that you spend yeah. out um, in the courtyard or whatever it is. Yeah. So kind of just describe uh, where you grew up, man. Let's start from the beginning, bro. Okay? The beginning. I'll try to make it quick. This is long. Right, no, uh, make it long, bro. Oh, we fuck it, time? fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't got to be nowhere till nine. Uh, <laughs> shit, you're right. Let's see. Uh, I was born and raised in Yonkers. Parents, immigrants, dirt poor, Dominican Republic. Like, they still live in the same, both in the same village. You know what I mean? There's no concrete streets out there. It's a beautiful country, though. Like, it's just, you know, they, they have the animals. Now, you know, they came out here after some years and made money, and now it's good. But they grew up, like, fucked up poor. Like, you know, my mom had 13 siblings. My father had 10. Um, yeah, and then like I have like, uh, if I'm not exaggerating when I say I have about eighty first cousins, wow. yeah, and then like 
about like 60 second cousins. So there's no way you know all of them. I know most of them. There's some I haven't met. Uh, Some of my uncles, they had kids recently in Dominican Republic. And since I haven't been there, I haven't met them in person, but I've like seen pictures and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, seen, you know, all that shit. But I I can't remember. I don't know names. I forget people's names and shit. Um, But it's a lot. You know what I mean? Like there's like five generations alive on my mom's side. There's my grandmother, uh, my mom's generation, my generation, my kids, and then my cousins. I have my first cousins who are uh, grandparents or great grandparents. Yeah. They're so grandkids. Grew up, kids. Uh, in a big family, but you moved to Yonkers and then you grew up in Yonkers? Yeah, I lived there till I was about in eighth grade. So I did almost up to high school. So, like, and I, I, I still, like, I hated my mom for this, because. We were supposed to move to Long Island when we were younger. Because, like, I, I, I liked the whole, like, I would visit my cousins out in Long Island, and they would have, like, lawns. I didn't know what a lawn was. You know what I mean? I just called it grass. grass. Yeah. yeah, I just, like, Yo, you know, you playing on the grass. They say lawn. Like, what the fuck is a lawn? <laughs> you know? And, uh, and you know, so I, I always wanted to move out there because I'm like, Yo, it was like you had, like, more freedom, you know? And then... After I started getting old and I got into like, uh, you know, middle school or like, you know, sixth grade and then the girls started coming. I was like, oh, this is this is where we need to be at. You know what I mean? I remember there was a girl who I was with in sixth grade and in the summer from sixth grade to seventh grade, I saw her with the fucking baby bump. And I'm like, this girl has to be like 12 or 13 pregnant. Yeah. So like in junior high, so like eighth and ninth grade. It was everybody. There was mad people fucking out there. It's junior high though, eighth and ninth grade. Yeah, it was junior. Because okay, in the city, it was like ninth grade starts. Well, seventh, school. seventh and eighth. It okay. was seventh and eighth, and then high school was nine to twelve. In Long Island, it was weird because they had a middle school in my district. They had a middle school and a junior high, so they had a school that was seven to eight, and then they had a school that was six to five, which was considered middle school, and then junior high was seven to eight. It's always some fucking weird shit, but like. I had um, moved there, like, right when fucking junior high started popping for me. You know what I mean? I'm fingering girls, making out, doing all <laughs> smoking weed. Like, it's starting to get fun. Like, How old were you at this point? I had to be, like, 13. Like, 13. Damn. So, like, this is, like, I'm, like, in my mind, I'm, like, oh, I'm, I was getting in trouble a lot. You know, so I was kind of known in the school. I had a lot of friends. And then, then my mom's, like, ah, right, yo, we got a house. We're moving to Long Island. I'm, like... Now you want to move. I've been wanting to move, and now when shit's, like, actually fun for me, you want to get out of here. So we moved to Long Island, and I'm thinking, like, ah, oh, well, at least, you know, I'll have a little more freedom out there to kind of, you know, it's it's more open and shit. Like, there's not a lot of, oh, I can't go to this neighborhood because it's dangerous, or I can't go over here. So I'm like, oh, it's safer out there. But then my mom was still on some bullshit, and I was just like, wait, hold on. How the fuck do I got less freedom out here? So I just started rebelling at that age and just started kind of, like, leaving the house. And then, like, she'll lock me out, but then I got to sneak back in. Uh, yeah, she got she tried to get real strict when we moved to Long Island. She was kind of always strict when I was a kid, but she tried to get more strict when I moved out there, and that's when I just rebelled. Would you call yourself a bad kid? Nah, I just I just wanted to do hood rat shit with my friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Obviously, I got the reference. I hope you guys did too. And if you did, that was like one of the first vines. Yeah, that was a classic. I just do hood rat stuff with my friends. It was just I wanted to do. You know what I mean? I was I like driving. You know, my mom let me drive when I was nine years old in Dominican Republic. So I was just like, oh, I want to drive. This is so fun. So you know what I mean? Like uh, stealing shit. I was a pyro. I like lighting fires. Um, but I don't think I was like evil or anything. I was just a little menace, you know. So starting at rebelling, where did what was the maybe one of the first things you remember where you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that at that particular time when you were like 13 or 14 years old. I mean, all of it. But then, like, you know, I feel bad. But then I just stopped caring. I was just like, all right, whatever. Like, I have some remorse. But then, like, I think by 16, like, I was just like almost alcoholic and didn't realize it. Cause I was like drinking every single day, but it was like before school and shit. No, I mean, by that time, by 16, I was in night school. I got kicked out of day school and I was going to school only four days a week. And it was only like, it was literally five classes. It was the main classes plus gym. Cause at that point you could have dropped out of high school, right? When you turned yeah. 16. Yeah. But my mom wasn't going to have that. So, but I ended up getting kicked out anyways. And it's like a, it's like an after school program where, uh, they could put the kids who can't handle being in the regular school in the morning, and they could still get the graduation numbers. 
Because literally 65% of passing is just showing up. And it was from 2 to 6, and it was only Monday through Thursday. So it was like four hours a day for four days. That's amazing. Three-day weekend. Who cares if I had to take the little short bus to school? You know what I mean? Like, it was just... You know what I mean? It was like girls that were like pregnant and couldn't, you know what I mean? I had kids or some shit. So, so like, if oh. potentially somebody wanted to go to college being in like night high school, is that really not an option? Like you'd have they to don't really, they don't realize the difference. If you got a good GPA, they'll just be like, you get a regular diploma. It's not like a, a special diploma. You get a regular one. And by that time I was already selling weed. And then once I graduated, I was like 17. I was like young for my grade. Cause I was, I have a late birthday and I was like, ah, oh, let me try community college. But I started selling Coke at that time. And my mom f- had found uh, a quarter ounce in a scale. How much is that street value? Street value, like 700, about 700. So we're talking in ounces, maybe like 2,500 for cocaine. I mean, if you had to do the math, I guess yeah. I, yeah. I always had to use a calculator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah if you, I used to hate when I used to do business with people and they talk fast numbers and like, yeah, but then I'm like, hold on, slow down. I'm yeah. slow. Especially when they're the customer, they're trying to yeah. fast numbers. Or to connect you. like the plug or somebody like you're trying to buy it for somebody and they're trying to play you or pull a fast one on you. Like, hold, hold, hold on. Listen. I know you get frustrated, but we're going to do this slow. Cause I don't want to be doing the math later and be like, Oh, hold on. You got over on me. But, uh, yeah, so she found a, a quarter ounce, and then she ended up kicking me out the house. She 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 broke the scale, flushed the coke, and then she's like, uh, if you're going to sell, you can't be in my house. That was right after you graduated? No, I, I, this was like two weeks into community college, and I just ended up just dropping out. Um, so I did, yeah, I did about like, like less than a month, dropped out, and then I just went fucking just full-blown, full-time drug dealing. And by like 17, I was probably making between 3500 to about $7,000 a week off of Coke. And were you just like an independent drug dealer? I had like partners. Because I had, like, I was like 17, so I had like older dudes that I, uh, they, they plugged me in with the guy, right? So they were just like, yo, we'll give you the connect, we'll help you get some customers, and we get a percentage out of it. We'll throw people your way. So it was kind of like I was like a runner, but not really. It was more of uh, like almost, what is this shit called? Uh, uh, like a hedge fund or, or those Ponzi schemes. Yeah, when you like, rob yeah. Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, they, like, yeah, like they, they'll throw me customers. The, uh, I, they always had connects for me. They were also kind of like muscle because it was two big dudes. You know what I mean? And one of them was friend, one of my friends from high school. And then the other dude was just kind of like a, a guy from my town that I looked up to because he was of, just funny. And they were all kind of making the same money as you or they were ahead of you and making a little Well, no, they had other shit because they had, they were selling like, you know, they had their own thing going and I was just selling weed. And I'm like, I want to make money like them. So I just started hanging around them and it was just almost like, uh, like you're an opener. You're starting off like. You know what I mean? Like, as an open micer, and you're just trying to figure it out. And I'm like, yo, this is not like selling weed. You know, coke is a different animal. You got to be up late. You got to be. And at that time, I was 17, so I couldn't go to bars. And coke dealers will go and hang out at a bar on the weekend because you're right there. And So, eventually, I ended up just getting one of my customers, and he would fish for me. So, I'd just be like, hey, listen, man. Here's half a gram. going to the bar. So I had to find, like, you know, drug drug addicts know how to find other drug addicts, especially at a bar. So they'll find out who's getting high, and they'll be like, hey, you want to take a bump with me? They take a bump, they get them started. Yo, I got a guy, and then he'll just call me, and I'll just pull up, sell the shit, and then it'll just be, I'll have certain people that did that. Or people just kind of did that on their own. They'll go hang out at a bar, <clears throat> and, like, weekends, that was just, like, my thing. Like, it was just, like, I had no family parties, no friend parties, I just kept up with drug addicts. And you would, where would you keep all this cash if you got kicked out of your mom's house? Oh, I had my own spots by then. I had, um, when I first got kicked out, um, there was this girl from Tennessee. She looked like Jessica Simpson. Now she's washed. But at the time, she looked like. Shade. Yeah. Like if I should. of the sea. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the lips, the big lips, the blonde hair. Um, Yeah. She was 21. And her, she was, uh, she had moved up here to be with this dude who, and he was buying coke off of me. So sometimes he would send her and like by herself. Like at first he would come, always come with her, but then sometimes like, yo, I'm going to send her. Bad move. 
Because, like, we would talk sometimes, and then after I got kicked out, it was kind of like I came at her like, hey, you think you can get me an apartment? But it was just like, get me the apartment. She took it as move in with her, like her move in with me type shit. And we had already messed around by then, and she ended up just moving in with me, which kind of made sense because everybody would look at me and be like, how old are you? I'm 21. Wait, but why he was sending her to buy Coke just for them to do whatever. Well, she wouldn't do it like that. But he would just do it like as a regular, just he wasn't picking up like weight for me. No, he was just picking up like $100 worth on the weekend, you know, twice. He'll spend like $200 on the weekend sometimes. Or he'll be up with his friends and then they'll spend like $300 altogether. Um, But yeah, she helped me get into apartments. And I was always getting kicked out for some dumb shit. Um, a gun went off in one of the apartments. Oh, wait, how did she, like, what do you mean she got you into apartments? Was because I was 17. So, like, nobody's going to rent. You know, I'm not old enough to, to oh, be so on a lease. she was 21, she would, like, sign a lease for you? Yeah, she would sign a lease. Or, like, back then, like, they weren't too strict with those apartments. Like, because this is 2004. Mm-hmm. You know, 2000, yeah. 2000. Well, where did she get the money from? It's my money. Yeah, that was the thing. I just needed. I had the money. And you know, she like I said, I mean, apply as yeah. like a twenty-one-year-old who has a job, has some yeah. money. Maybe her parents are helping her, but you're that yeah. guy. Trying She's to get like, that apartment. yeah, I work at Chili. I'm a server at Chili. Blah blah. blah. She give me all the information, and I'm just paying for everything. And then eventually, just, she just stopped working, and she'll just stay at the house all day. She's like, I, this, this fucking kid pays all the bills, and then she would just be getting drunk every night. So you had all of this cash in your apartment. What was the most amount of cash that you had at once in your apartment? Uh, not around that time. I I would probably usually have about like ten to twenty thousand, um, cause I I would spend a lot of money. Yeah, what would you spend it on? Uh, shit, man. Well, I had I had to pay all those bills at that time. I was paying everything, um, and then I would always like I would never do laundry, so I was just constantly buying clothes. So like when I got locked up and I had to move back to my house, I had like garbage bags full of clothes that I was barely like washing. I think one time I paid to get them washed. But I was buying like uptowns every week, almost or every two weeks, like the 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 Air Force ones. Yeah. I'd, and I would only buy black or white ones, and I would go <laughs> That's like every a two on weeks. MTV Cribs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't wear the same one twice. Yeah. When I moved back to my mom's house, I had probably like eight pairs that were still kind of good. And I remember her looking at me like, "Yo, what the fuck is wrong with you?" So when you? you're talking about paying the bills, you're paying your mom's bills. That's no, no, problem. just my own bills. Okay. Yeah. And what was the first time that you got arrested? You briefly just spoke about it. What was that like? And how old were you? Kind of. What was the situation? First time arrested, it was at a Sweet Sixteen practice at a Marriott hotel. It's like Jake's Fifty Eight Casino now in Long Island. And we were out, we was out on, uh, on expressway, drunk. I was drunk, and we were like throwing rocks and ba- bottles onto the fucking highway. <laughs> oh, you we were was on like one of the over the path. You were on the overpass. No, we was on the side. Like we kind of went into the woods. We were smoking. We went out to smoke. And then while we were there, those we just, on the LIE, like side roads, right? Yeah, those little fucking uh, the the service roads. Yeah, yeah. So we was kind of on the service road throwing rocks, and then my dumbass, I was a little too tipsy, and instead of throwing it at a a car on the highway I threw it on a car On the service road And It's Fucking smashed It's front windshield <laughs> I feel like an idiot now Now I look like I could have And it was an old ass couple too So while we was walking Up back to the um The hotel The guy's waiting there And he's just like He's like Is it these kids over here and We're like looking They're like No 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 It wasn't them They were They were uh They were black kids and we were just like, yeah, we didn't do anything. And they swore, like, I mean, it was us. But the, the managers were like, we know it was you guys. We know it was you. And the cops came, and then they had us there for, like, probably an hour. And they couldn't get nothing on us. But I, uh, at one point, I started talking to one of the girls. And, uh, like, you know, I'm just sitting there joking around, but not about the situation. I'm just talking. And the guy, one of the cops comes up to me. He's like, oh, you think this is funny? And I'm like, no, I don't think it's funny. I'm just... We've been here this whole time, and you know what I mean? Like, what's going on? Like, what are y'all doing? They're saying it's not us. And then next thing I know, he just grabs me by the throat, and then his partner looks. Like, his partner had his pad out. And then it's so quick, he put that pad away and came and grabbed me by my shoulders. So they both lifted me up. So I'm, like, fucking in the air floating now. I fucking felt like I was crowd surfing. And they took me outside, slammed me on the hood of the car, beat the shit out of me. And then said, I resisted arrest and disorderly conduct. That's their go-to when they can't get nothing and they want to arrest you for no reason. Disorderly conduct and um, uh, 
about resisting arrest. Which so got arrested there. I imagine you've been getting so much trouble. Like how much time did you spend in jail? Oh, I got bailed out at the precinct. Okay, cool. I didn't. That was my wasn't my first time. I went to, to, to jail. So hopping back to you dealing weight, living with this girl. What was like the? I guess what was the first scare there, and like how did how did you move forward to you know unfortunately going to prison after that? Oh, the first scare uh, was the gun going off in the apartment. Uh, <laughs> um, so how many guns did you have? Uh, at that time, I only had like three. I had like a shotgun. I had uh, kind of like this nine millimeter Ruger, this collapsible one that like folded. And uh, I had a pistol. It was like um, a little twenty five. And it was always country. loaded, those three guns? Yeah, yeah. And that's what happened. The shotgun was loaded, and I didn't remember it was. Cause like I was like the shotgun I wouldn't leave loaded the rest of them I would but the shotgun I was scared but I guess one night I was playing with it or cleaning something with it and I and I, there was one in the chamber and my friend the guy one of my partners whatever was sitting I had like a fucking air mattress the elevated air mattress he's sitting on one of those and I go to pull it out the closet and this is like one that's as long as my leg it's like fucking three feet long and I go to pull it out and I guess I squeezed the trigger while I was grabbing it. And the th- I just the thing just jumped up. Now the flash, but I was blind and I had it ringing in my ear for a second from the gun. From the gun, because it was you know I was the dark closet and I'm pulling it out, so I got the flash and then the sound, and then I look over to my friend and there's smoke like the gunpowder smoke is in the room. I look over at my friend and he's just like curled up with his legs up and like you know fucking scared to death, and um, I look over. I was like, holy shit, what the fuck. And then I look at the hole, and uh, my room was on top of the, the the garage. Like, I was a tenant in the house. And it was over the garage. And I look down, and I see, like, the kids' fucking Fisher-Price picnic table. Oh, my God. And I was in like, the apartment below. But it, it, the garage, it was just a garage that they, they kind of like emptied out for the kids' now. room. It was like the kids' playroom. But it was late at night, so no, the, the kids weren't in there. But fucking Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was just sitting there like stuck and I remember just run I grabbed the guns I grabbed all the drugs and all, all the money I had in the apartment I threw everything in the car and I drove the fuck off and I took everything out I called I called the the girl from Tennessee and I'm like yo listen this has happened if they call you just say you're at work and you know just make sure you pick up so they she got scared and when they called us she wasn't picking up so when she wasn't picking up, they called her job, which she had quit by then. So they're like in their head, they're like, oh, wait, this girl doesn't work there. They're lying. They're like, oh, she's quit like a month ago. And then, uh, and they were going to let shit slide. I, I said, hey, I, I think I'm like the, uh, something fell and it like it exploded or some shit. And I was like, I took everything out. I, I made up some bullshit and they were fine. But then they called the the real estate lady that got the got us the apartment afterwards. After they had called what's the name and found the uh, that she wasn't working there, and they called her. And she said, "Call the cops." The cops show up. They're like, yeah, this is a bullet hole. And uh, they my girl my girl went there first, and I'm just like, "Fuck!" I'm like, "I'm my boys are girl, You're just gonna have to go because it's, it's better. It's better you turn yourself in now." And see what the fuck happens. Then them come find you while you're selling drugs. You got something on you. And then you get an extra charge on top of that. Yeah. So I was like, all right. So I went there. Fucking homicide detectives are there. Mad police. I walk in. I grab. Like, you know, they, they sit me down on the bed. They don't handcuff me right away. But I'm sitting there. I'm just talking to them. And I'm pretty much detained at this point. And then they just asked me a million and one questions. And I was just like, oh, no. I, I was here with one of my friends. And. You know, they, they were up in the room, and the next thing I know, I heard the explode. Like I heard the, the, I heard an explosion or whatever. I heard a big bang, and I ran upstairs, and they were running down, and they were like, "Oh, you know," they were just like, "Where's the guns?" Like we know there's a gun. I was like, "There's no guns here." Like I don't own a gun, and they're like, "Oh, wait." They're like, "How does a 17 year old afford this apartment?" They're acting like a fucking million with the, interrogating the shit out of me, and I, again, I was probably there for a half hour, and they're just like pissed, and I. The guy, one of the guys, uh, he's standing by this fucking white dresser that I have. And he looks down, and I just see him touch something. And then I see him pick up an empty baggie. It was just an empty bag, of Batman lo- logo. There was nothing in the I've baggie. It was clean. Bag. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a clean bag, not used. Um, and then the Coke was kind of 
on the dresser, and that was because my friend, one of my partners, was there. He was sniffing coke on the dresser and kind of dropped some. And then I didn't realize that the baggie was there because when I was, you know, I, I didn't see it. And the dresser was white, so the coke blended in. And he saw that, and then uh, by then I think I was I was handcuffed. And they pick me up, and they, like, bring me over to the dresser. And I'm, he's like, oh, there's no drugs in this house. What the fuck is this? And when he put it close to me, I just blew. I went, Phew. I'm like, I don't see nothing. Phew. The fucking just shit just flew everywhere. He just fucking hit me with, like, he tried to, like, he hit me with, like, his wrist. Just went like that. Boom. Knocked me back onto the bed. And then um, after that, you know, they took me into the car. And when we was in the squad car, he got in the back seat with me. And I was like, oh, fuck. And am I, I'm 17 years old. This is a grown-ass man in his 40s, probably. 40. And you're handcuffed. And I'm handcuffed. And he's talking to me. And he's talking to me for a bit. And I'm like, I'm, I'm waiting for the hit. I know he's, like, waiting for me to get comfortable. And then just to start wailing on me. And then he had said something. I remember I just put my head down for one second. And then I just felt the flash. He just backhanded me. Boom! And he caught his finger hit my eyeball, and then I just remember, like you know, when you cry, you feel tear, tears coming down. It felt like, like it just ran down, like like there was water pouring down from my face. It was like the weirdest thing ever, and my eye was just burning, it was just fucking burning like hell. And uh, they took me to the precinct, gave me the coke possession, still gave me the coke possession, even though there wasn't no coke. Uh, and then they gave me, like, the paraphernalia charge and some other little bullshit. But I ended up just bailing out with the money I had in my pocket. The bail was, like, 500 It was, like, all misdemeanors. Um, and then I ended up just catching other felonies right after that. So that those got dropped. They're like, eh, cop out to the felonies. We'll drop the, the lighter shit. But, like, that was... Um, the scare. That was the biggest... One of the biggest scares. And then, like I said, when I caught the felonies, I had caught a sale while I had my friend's phone. Like he Did got you sell to like an undercover cop? Nah, a guy set me up. Like the guy got caught and then he came oh, and was like, I'm gonna meet this guy here and I they kind of like that's inevitable too when you're rolling with like a bigger crew that yeah. you're working with. You know, because yeah. if you're working with five or six guys and one of them gets caught, so it, it almost sounds like it's better to work alone, even if you're you know not gonna get as much money in oh, yeah. dealing cocaine. I mean, no, but when I started selling by myself, that's when I started really making money. Because I'm like, oh, I realized, I'm like, oh, why the fuck am I splitting money with these guys? You know what I mean? Like, as I got, I think by like 19, I did for like two years. I'm like, what the fuck am I getting from these guys? You know what I mean? Like, they're just worried about themselves. I had a little friction with them at first. But, you know, they they scared other people. But I was like, I don't give a fuck. So, um, just to get back to, you were talking about how, you know, your first time when somebody ratted on you. What yeah, then? it was just a customer. He he got caught, and then he was probably just like, oh, I'll set this guy up, whatever. But he was trying to set up my boy, but my boy, his car broke down in the city on the weekend. And he was like, yo, I'm missing out on that money. Take the phone. I'm going to forward it to you. Go see this guy. He's going to give you some work, and then just give us something out of it. How much did the guy order, the guy who was setting you up? No, it was just a little bit. He just wanted a little bit. They just wanted to get me on a third-party sale. Like, they were going to watch me do the sale. And I got there, and I felt something was weird. So I was hesitant. He goes, like, yo, uh, you know, he said, I forgot what it was, but he was just giving me a bad vibe. So I never sold it to him. I didn't want to give it to him. But since I had felony weight on me, they gave me the uh, an intent to sell. No, but how did they find you if you didn't sell to this guy? Oh, because they, they ran up on me right then and there. That's what the setup was. So I went to go meet him. He's like, yo, let's meet. Um, let's meet over here. Oh, and as you were there, the cops and, came to that spot. And yeah. just like had, got whatever was on you. Yeah. Because he knows when I tell him to meet me at the gas station, he goes to the gas station to use the pay phone. And then I always tell him to meet me on that side street. So there was a car already there. So like when he said that, while he was saying like, yo, he was like trying to like get me to rush. And I'm telling him to chill. I'm like, yo, relax, man. Why the fuck are you acting like that? I saw the lights go on behind me, and as soon as I looked up and looked down, the car that was parked up ahead of me, uh, who I didn't see a single person in. So I'm like, oh, these guys were probably, like, reclined back or something. Next thing I know, that car was, it was like a blue Malibu, Chevy Malibu, and next thing I know, it's right in front of me. So I'm, like, pinned down. Like, there's a cop car behind me and, and in front, so I couldn't, I couldn't drive off. 
So I opened the car to try to fucking get out and run, but uh, it hit like the it hit the lawn, like the grass elevated. So the door only closed, like only opened halfway. So I squeezed out. And while I was like running on the person's lawn trying to get my balance to jump, a cop jumped on my back. And they had me pinned down and that was it. How much time did you have to do for that? Uh, I got nine months because I was a, I was still considered a minor. And uh, I would have got less time because it was my first felony. And they weren't that strict with drugs at that time. But I caught other felonies while, like literally I bailed out. It was like the bail was 7500 I bailed out. And then... Three days later, I got pulled over with my friend, and he had drugs on him. And he put it in his ass, and the cops knew that he did that, but they didn't see him, so they couldn't go in his ass. And they, when they pulled me out the car, um, they're like, we know it's in his ass. Tell him, tell us that, tell us that it's in there, and uh, we'll let you go from right here. How did they know it was in his ass? Because he's, he's a fat dude, and he was just kind of, you could tell he was moving like he was putting something in his ass. Uh, from behind him And like I, I had like two grams of coke But I just swallowed mine Like I just kind of didn't move You know when you get Like you do the little The sneak seatbelt thing I just sound like that I just grabbed it out the hand I used to keep it on the door handle Right there Whatever I had I just grabbed it And I just chewed it And swallowed it And uh With the bag and everything And uh So they pulled me out And I'm like yo I got I got my license You know what I mean Like I'm good And they're like well He's a known drug dealer Um So we have a right to pull you over and, you know, tell us it's in his ass and we'll let you go. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. So like, okay. They, they went in there. He had he had a bag of weed on him and Coke crumbs. The same fucking asshole who left the fucking Coke in on my dresser. Same dude. He had Coke crumbs in his jacket pocket. So they went like this. Like they gave him a Coke possession. Damn. And they gave me the weed charge. And they took us to the precinct. And we were there for hours. My lawyer calls. He's like, hey, what are they in there for? He's like, oh, one got the weed charge. One got the coke charge. And then next thing I know, I'm on the phone with the girl from Tennessee. And then my other boy, he's in the background listening. Like, he's on three-way. And he's just listening to me. Like, you know, I'm kind of letting him know. Because this is just something we had set up. If anybody gets locked up, always be on three-way. Always be, you know, make sure that, like, you're there to kind of send a message, like, yo, everything's all good type shit. So, or, like, to let him know what's going on. And all of a sudden, she goes, uh, she's like, so what's your bail? And I'm like, I'm still trying to find out what my bail is. And the guy goes like, oh, there's no bail on felonies. And I'm like, felonies? What do you mean felony? He's like, yeah, we found the crack in the car. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't find nothing in the car. They took it out of his ass, said they found it in the car, and then charged us both with it. Yep. So now I'm on $7,500 bail fighting a new felony possession. And, uh, like, literally a week later. And I go, like, we go to court. I'm there for seven days. And um, the on the seventh day, you're supposed to go to court. And if they don't indict you, they're supposed to release you. So... my court date comes and I'm just sitting in there and I'm like, fuck, I've seen so many people leave on a felony, catch another one and they end up doing state time. They end up going to prison. So that's what I'm thinking. In my head, I'm like, all right, I'm probably going to be here for more than a year, a year and a third. I was literally mentally preparing myself like, yeah, I'm not going home. And I, uh, that whole day, I'm like, yo, I'm like, I'm not on the list to go to court. I'm like, yo, what's going on? Like, why am I not going to court? I'm talking to the CEOs. I'm stressed out. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on? And it's late at night now. We're locked in for the count. Like, we're locked in to go to bed. And next thing I just hear, Perez, roll up. That means grab my shit, pack up. And uh, so I'm like, oh, I'm going to another dorm. And they're like, nah, you're going home. I'm like, going home. And uh, I was like, oh, shit. And then I go downstairs and I talk to my boy. He's like, yeah, they, uh, they fucked up. I call, I, uh, he's like, yo, call Iris. So he put me on the phone with the lawyer. He's like, yeah, I got you guys off because when I called the precinct, they said you were charged with this. And then when uh, when I come to court, they're saying you got felony weight and they said they found it in the car, right? So, and they said in the, in the, in the initial report that they arrested us because of the crack. That they said, that was like their thing. So, they're like, well, if if you was arre- if they was arrested for that, why didn't you 
let me know that at the precinct. Because you know what it was? They didn't find it. They didn't go in his ass yet. So they illegally went in his ass. They couldn't say it. So there was like a, that little loophole right there. I ended up getting out our award without no bail. I mean, I still had that bail that I, that, uh, for the other one, but I'd have to pay bail for that one. And then I just, I was out for probably like a year and a half. And then I just turned myself in to do nine months. And I did that when I was like, just turned, I waited till I turned 19 just so I could be with the adults. Why did you have the opportunity though to wait that long? Because when you're, when you're fighting a chart, when you're fighting a case in the street, this, this basically how uh, they fight charges is like, you just, they keep adjourning. Because they're so busy. There's so many charges that they can't get to everything. So what they usually do is they keep adjourning it. All right, can we get for another date? We get for another date. And they just, you're basically doing that every month. So you're going to court for nothing, just for them to give you another date. And when you're on, when you're in jail doing that, it fucking sucks. Because now you, they know you could, they could press you to take more time. Because you're just like, yeah, I just want to take whatever. You just want to know how much time you're going to get. You want to know how much time you're going to get. You want to be sentenced. So you can either go to prison or go to the working dorms in, in county jail. So, But when you're out in the street, you're just like, you know, they give you an offer. You don't have a problem saying, yeah, just adjourn it. Adjourn it. It's not a problem because you're out living your life. It's only a convenience once a month. And um, so eventually, like, they look at it like, yo, this, this has been adjourned for a year and a half. What are we doing? Is like, yo, my client doesn't want to take two years for that. I'm like, okay. Or they'll do stuff where they'll do it, something called a pre-indictment cop-out, where which I've done a lot, where you you take a plea before they indict you so they don't have to do the work of the grand jury, so they save money on taxes. You know what I mean? It's just like, all right, you know, you, you cop out to a lesser charge, but you still do time. But it's not as, as much time if, as you thought it would. So they like, all right, the first offer was two years on that, and they knocked it down to nine months. Because I was just like, all right, I'll 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 take the fucking, you know, I'll take the pre-indictment. Was that your longest stint in prison? No, two years. Two years. So you did nine months. Then how long were you out for? I was out for a bit. I was out. I got out when I was 19, and then I didn't go back in until I was like 23. Um, but I did a bit. I also did time when I was like 16. My senior year in high school, I did four months. Yeah, came home and still graduated. <laughs> when was the last time you were in prison? Uh, 2000, I came home March 2000, mid-March 2016. Dope, man. And I've just been out ever since. So I guess we'll talk. I want to talk a little bit about comedy too, but man, this is so interesting, bro. Fuck comedy, the, man. The full insight, dude. How many podcasts are going to so- talk about comedy? <laughs> I'm out here grinding on open mic scene. Yo, going up there. Yo, you got to hang. This is the real yeah. shit. You know, we got to hang at shows and, uh, you know. <laughs> so, dude, what was one of the crazier moments you had when you were in prison, bro? Being in and out and, you know, now seems like your life is moving forward in a, Great direction. But what was one of the crazier, darker moments you had when you were in prison? Oh, man. I had darker, crazier moments out in the street than I had in jail. Because jail was wild. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen people get stomped the fuck out bad. Like, you know, I've never seen anybody get stabbed or, you know, nothing crazy in jail. Because it was county jail. And it wasn't like Rikers. It was out in Long Island, which is bad, but not Rikers bad. You know, they had, it's hard to get weapons in, in Suffolk County. But, like, I mean, I've done some wild shit where, you know, involving weapons. I never shot nobody. I was never, I had guns, but thank God I never really had to use them. You know, there was times where I was like, I might have to carry this around because there's an issue with somebody and I'm like, I don't feel safe. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'd rather have this, God forbid something happens. But I, thank God, thank God I never had to, it never had to come to that. But there were moments where, you know, I might have to use a knife to kind of protect myself where I was getting robbed. And ended up, like, giving a guy, like, fucking 67 stitches across his face. Well, I also remember there was a time at a, I don't know if it was a high school party or a college party, where somebody sliced your neck. No, this wasn't a high school party. This was, like, in in the hood of Look, Long bro, Island. you and I have both have the same. Story. I was going to say, yeah, yours looks this bad. From, this from this from jaw surgery. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, not a knife. You got your jaw broken? Yeah, well, I had uh, TMJ. Basically, one side of my mouth was, like, depleting. The gum line was depleting. Right. So my orthodontist was like, look, your gum line is just going to keep getting worse. And my face was, like, a little bit crooked. I had a smile like that, kind of. Right. So like a joker. my jaw in three places and then reconnected it. It was a, it was a 
crazy freaking journey. But Holy shit, man. Here I am, bro. So anyway, um, yeah, get back into it, man. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it was, uh, wait, with the, the, the cut on my neck? Or you were talking about some of the crazier shit. While oh, yeah. Um, you said you gave a guy 67 stitches across his face. What did he do? Uh, he tried to rob me. He was trying to rob me. Well, he did. Well, it wasn't even a lot. And he was he, he was a, a fiend. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a, like another drug dealer. It was just, it was like four in the morning. Snatched it out of my hand. Like, he was like, yo, it was like eight hours worth of crack. And it wasn't my customer. It was my customer's friend. And they were like, oh, yo, the guy's coming right now. Just wait. The guy with the money's coming right now. And I kind of was like, got pissed at the guy. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, it's four in the morning. Why won't you, like, call me next time when the guy has the money? But, like, the guy always spent, you know, he always spent. So I'm like, all right, I'll wait. And then the guy, his friend was like, all right, yo, he was on the phone. He acted like he was on the phone with somebody. And he goes, all right, yo, he's about to be here. He's pulling in. So I was like, he's like, all right, let me see what, let me see what we're going to get. So I go to show it to him, and he does the fucking Daniel son fly out of the pond. He just went like this and snatched it out of my hand. He's like, let me see. And went like this and backed up. And he was kind of like a big dude. He was probably like your size. And he goes like, uh, he's like, I'm taking this shit. This shit is mine. And then he grabs a fucking golf club. And he's like, get the fuck out of the apartment. And I'm looking at him, and I look at his boy, and I was like, yo, what's up with your man? And he goes like, and he's just like, oh, stuck. The girl that's there, she's like, like all quiet, not looking at me and shit. And I was locked up with her um, when I did that uh, nine months. She was in the, uh, in the woman's dorm, and I would see her when I was working the kitchen. And she didn't want to act like she knew me because she was there smoking crack with them. So she was kind of like embarrassed, but I know she remembered me. And she's just, like, sitting there, like, what the fuck? And then he has a golf club, and he's just like, get the fuck out. And I'm like, yo, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Chill, chill. So in my head, I'm like, nah, I can't let this shit slide. Like, it's just, like, I'm already pissed off. I'm like, yo, it's 4 in the morning. My my baby mother's out in the car. This is before we had the kid and my my friend, who I was going to send in. He was supposed to go in. But I was like, let me go in just in case something like that would happen. Why did you think some, at that particular instance something like It was just like, I, 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 he, he, he's the type. Well, well me, I, I just don't like waiting in the car. So I know I'm like, I'll go, I'll go, I'll be in and out. But then it ended up me fucking being the one sitting there. And then, um, so anyways, he opens the door. to the, There's an apartment complex. He opens the door. And he's sitting there with the, with the golf club in his hand. And he's like, yo, he's like, leave. And I'm like, nah, like, I don't trust you. I think you're going to hit me on the way out. He's like, I'm not going to hit you. Just leave. He's like, if you don't leave, I'm going to hit you. So I was just like, all right. So I'm walking out. And as soon as I get to the door, he's kind of like behind the door between the wall. And he has a golf club right here. And then I already had the knife open. I opened the knife in my pocket while I was in the kitchen. And then I just reached in while I was at the door and I pressed up against him and I just started swinging. And when he saw the knife, he kind of ducked behind the door. Like he just kind of went under, but I was just swinging it blindly by that point. I was just going in. And then, um, how big was the knife? It was like, uh, I'd say about, uh, about three to four inches, but it was like one of those with the curves. So, um, I like as soon as that, like, and he's screaming, ah, he's like, yo, get him off of me, get him off of me. So after I swung it a few times and I saw like he was just kind of like down on the ground, I just ran back into the car. I get in, I tell my baby, I'm like, drive the fuck off, drive off, drive off. And they were like sitting there stuck. And then like, they're like, wait, what? I'm like, yo, drive off. They pull out while we're leaving the apartment complex, cops are coming in with the fucking sirens because she had called the cops. Right when, right before, like when she saw that it was getting a little intense. So they were already on their way. And we just lucky, we just missed them. And then the next day, the guy calls my boy who had the phone. And then I hear them talking. And my boy thinks it's him. He thinks he's on the phone with me. He goes, like, yo, I know where you live. And he's like, yo, you got me confused with somebody else. He's like, that's somebody else. I mean, that's not me. Oh, he's calling your boy thinking you. He's, yeah, yeah, he goes like, yo, I know this is just phone, dope boy. Ah, seeing all this crazy shit. He's like, when I see this, it's like, you gave me, he's like, you fucking cut me across my face. I had to get 67 stitches. Whoa. And I'm sitting on the couch, and my boy didn't believe me. When I told him the story, he was kind of looking at me like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, all right, whatever. Like, I could tell. Like, he wasn't believing me what I told him happened in that apartment. 
And then he's on the phone with him, and we're sitting. This is my mom's house. We're in the living room watching TV. And the guy's going off. I know where you live. And he goes like, he's like, what? And I see his face drop. He went, he looked over to me. He was like, and that's when I know he realized that, oh, he's not lying. He really did that. Did he actually know where you personally no, lived? No, 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 no. He didn't know who I was. He didn't, the other guy didn't even know who I was. It was not my cousin. It was, my boy was locked up and he gave us the phone to work while he was like, you know, so he doesn't lose his customer. So any repercussions from this guy who got stabbed or anything? Uh, no, I think he ended up dying in a car accident, I believe, um, later on or something. But uh, Damn, so... That is a crazy story yeah. on the street. What about in prison? In prison? Nothing. I, like I said, it's just been like fights. I never, I've heard crazy shit, but it's just been like fist fights. Did you have to What's do it? any extra time for fist fights? Nah, nah, I never. I mean, I had to do like solitary confinement time because I got caught with weed. How much, oh man, how yeah. much time and then how much weed also? It was, it was only literally like a balloon. So like were you a smoking little, weed every day in there? Well, in the box at first. Because I went in with like an ounce broken up in like little balloons and shit and you know i had matches too i had i had fucking I had like 36 balloons and shit so in the box you were smoking weed yeah how did you get weed into solitary confinement balloons you eat them well well there's a the thing you, that, like this is where 23 and one comes from jail you come out you know throughout the day you're out most of the day and then you go like in courtyard type right yeah well not courtyard some they have like dorm where it's like an open gym and they have bunks and tvs and everything there and then they have stuff like pods where, you know, it's, it's even bigger, two floors. Yeah, stuff like that. Like the ones that you see like in jail. And then they have like these tight ones, like the old-fashioned, you know, uh, cells shoulder to shoulder. You know, like a, 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 they call them tiers, whatever. And then you have like 20 cells shoulder to shoulder. And then you have almost like a little day area that's probably like, I'd say, seven feet wide. And as long as the 20 cells. So you're like, it's just like a bigger cell. But it's fucking tiny and it's tight. It's like a tight area. Um, and like a lot of those fucking, um, those are the worst, actually. Now to get um, side to, like when you're in those shoulder to shoulder ones, that's when shit is dangerous. They call them the floors. Be like, yo, you're going through the floors. It's bad. And the box is even worse because it's the same design, but they don't have nobody in the day area. And people only come out for a half hour. Not even an hour. So when they say 23 and 1, 23 and a half it's hour. 23 and a half, really. But 23 and 1 sounds better. And no TV. Uh, you only get three meals. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, and you would otherwise get commissary. And otherwise, you get commissary snacks. and you know, cook up. You can get, you know, boil, like, to add hot water to rice. Ramen. Yeah, and ramen and all that. And then when you're in the box, it's just you eat dinner, like, between 4 and 5. And then you don't have breakfast till again five in the morning, or five thirty in the morning. So you got like twelve hours where you're just not eating anything. And those three meals are fucking skimpy as hell already on their own. And they don't send extras to the box. How much time do you spend in the box? I did four months of twenty three hours mm-hmm. in a cell. Did yeah. That like mess you up mentally? Oh hell yeah! Oh of course. I mean that the hunger thing fucked me up at first because it took a while for me to get used to. But then you don't really get used to it. Like, I, I had this system where I would, like, uh, take something from each meal. So, from breakfast, I'll save the roll. From lunch, I'll save, like, the sides. And then, uh, again, like, the sides from dinner. And I'll just put it on the cup. The and then I'll just save that. So And I would just hold off until nighttime. And then I'll eat it right before I go to sleep. And I might save, like, the fruit that I get. So, I'll eat the fruit and that, like, the two sides and the roll. And I'll have that as, like, a late-night snack. And then that'll kind of hold me over. But you still kind of get the, like, you know, it just kind of opens up your stomach and you're still hungry. But I think the hunger was the the one thing that really fucked me up the most. Because, I mean, you, you're in jail, whether you're in a big cell. you too. Like, eating yeah. stuff is, like, fun sometimes. Yeah. There's, no, there's no TV. Like, you know what I mean? You don't, you rarely know what the fuck is going on. You know what I mean? And How's then the lighting in there? Oh, it sucks. It's fluorescent lights. It's like, you know, some. 7 too. Yeah, I mean they'll turn off the lights uh, or they'll dim them. They'll they they sometimes you'll get lucky and the CEO will want to just shut them off completely, and, and that happens fucking once in a blue moon. But most time they have to just dim them because they have to have some light on. And it's pretty loud down there. Oh yeah, it's loud in the box. It's loud in everywhere, but like it would be more like crazier in the box because that's all you could do is yell. You know, what I mean, if you wanted to talk to people, everybody's just like on the gate. It's like yo yo, get on the gate real quick. 
And that means you come up to the gate so they can hear you better. You know what I mean? And that's where I got the name for the podcast. I was like, yo, let's call it On The Gate because when that means, yo, let me talk to you real quick. Yeah, yo, let me yo get on the gate real quick. I got to talk to you. How did you swallow these balloons, bring in weed to the box, and then also smoking the weed? Like, how did that happen? Well, I... I brought it in from from the street. I knew I was I was turning myself in, so I just went in there loaded, and um, I got my dumbass got caught because I was I got transferred to another jail. But when they came to get me, I wasn't ready, and I didn't realize that I reeked. Like I didn't realize, and when I got into the new jail, like you know, like the old jail stunk so much that you couldn't even tell that I had weed on me. And then once they were taking people in reception, one of the cops was like, Yo, one of these guys had weed. So they took everybody one by one. And I had most of them in my stomach because I had re-swallowed. The, uh, you know, I took them out the first day. You know, I washed them off and then put it back in. And then I had just one balloon of matches, one balloon of weed. Well, how many grams were in each balloon? Like one? I'd say, yeah, about one gram each. And um, so I took the weed out. And, you know, I was just smoking a reception, um, and I was good. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't really have to share with nobody. I didn't know anybody. I didn't trust anybody, so I kind of smoked by myself. You hear some people, you know, sometimes a guard be like, yo, where the fuck is smoking? Cut it up. And, you know, I just go be ready. But my dumb ass put it in my boxers, thinking it wasn't going to smell. And they stripped me naked. They stripped everybody naked. And they were like, oh, it's this guy. Like, as soon as I walked up, they're like, oh, we got him right here. He smelled me. But they took, they t- they stripped me naked and they didn't find anything. So they're just sitting there and they're like, where the fuck is the weed at? I was like, yo, I just smoked with somebody in reception. That's why I reek. And they're like, and then next thing I know, they're passing me my clothes and the guy grabs my boxers. And then when he grabs my box, he passes it back. He, go, he, he looks like this. He goes like, and he feels it. Like, you know, that, that like the dick hole in, in briefs, if you put it in there, you just almost like a little pocket that goes to the gooch. And I had it stuffed in there. So it's not going to fall out if you pull your underwear out. So I guess when he picked it up, he felt the, the two balloons in there. And he goes like, put it in, pulls it, ah, we that got. that got you sent to the box. And that got me sent to the box. Four months. Yeah. So you get out of the box. How much more time did you have to do in population before you got out? It's 13, 12, wait, hold on, I did 17 months, so 13 months. So then I did I did um, seven months in a big-ass dorm, and then I did, like, five in uh, the kitchen working in the dorm. So getting out in 2016, what was the move from there, man? And then how did you move to becoming a successful dude? Uh, I mean, I want to say successful. I mean, yeah, bro, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking way there, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, where, this is probably the most successful I've ever been. I mean, I was a successful drug dealer, but at the same time, you know, there's not, there's only so much success you can yeah, get you from either that. End up in a box yeah. or in cups, right? As they say, it's inevitable. Everybody I know is is fucked. So I mean, one couldn't get into it for six months, make fifty thousand dollars, and then say that's it for me. No, because one, but I had a drug addiction. I did retire though. I did retire, but I caught the new charges because I was. I retired from selling drugs, but I didn't retire from using it. But I came, like, luckily I did go to jail, and that changed my life. Not right away, though, because when I came home, I was expecting, like, oh, I'm going to go move back in with my baby mother, everything going to start over. But she had broke up with me a week before I came home. She's like, yeah, I don't think you should come live with me. I was like, ah, shit. So now I'm back in my mother's house. And then a week after me being out, I found out she was with somebody else. And so I was just like, oh, okay, that's why I can't be there. And I was just like, I'm like, fuck, I'm sleeping on a couch in my mother's house. I don't have a job. They had to sell my car when I was locked up. So I came home to literally nothing with no money. Like my bank was on zero. The little, the, the money, whatever I had that I didn't spend on drugs, she had to use for my daughter. Um, and she's like, yeah, that ran out within like four months. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, if I wouldn't have went on that bad, like bad drug bender, she probably would have had enough. Cause I, I spent, I think I blew almost 80,000 on drugs in for personal use. And yeah, I was spending and, like and about like 200 a day. Too. No, just myself. I was spending about 200 hours a day on drugs. Just cocaine? And no, weed? heroin. I was sniffing heroin. Oh, wow. Yeah. I could have saved money if I would have injected it. 
Really? Kind of regret not. It's yet. more. <laughs> it's yeah. more expensive. Just <laughs> it's, no, I remember I asked Derek expensive. on the podcast. He was like, "There's nothing better than shooting, shooting heroin. heroin." Yep. But they say once you shoot it, that's when it's almost impossible. It's just like it does. It rewires your brain because you're getting like the ultimate fucking high from it. That sniffing it can't. Like I'm sniffing like two bundles. They're like, "Yo, you shoot one bag, you're gonna get just." What's as high. a bundle? A bundle is twenty bags. One bundle is ten bags. And a bag is just like those little wax. And they cost what, like ten dollars each? Ten dollars each, a hundred dollars a bundle. Sometimes people sell for like sixty a bundle, like you know, just as a deal, or seventy a bundle. Um, but yeah, I was fucking sniffing like two bundles a day, sometimes three if the the bags were skimpy. And that shit caught up to me because now I'm not making that money, or I'm not getting it at wholesale price anymore. I'm paying retail. And doing the same amount. And so when I came home, I had no money. And I rel- this was the first time I relapsed on purpose. I said, yo, this shit sucks. I'm getting high. Usually, I would fuck my brain would trick me to get back in. We'd just be like, oh, yeah, you've been good for six months. Get high just today. And then I'd get high. And I'm like, oh, I did good. And then, like, you know, a month will go by. I'm like, I did good. I, I can handle just doing it again one time. And then that one time is like, oh, I took too much and I started throwing up because I fucking, you know, took an extra perk. I was still pills and sniffing. Like, I'd go between both, whatever I can get. And it turned into something where I was like, oh, just a weekend. And then once you do it three days in a row, that's it. Just know you're going to get sick if you stop right there. And then it just turns into like, oh, let me just do it again. And then I had that started. But this time I would I'd probably say a month in of doing that. Uh, my family saw that I was heading in that direction again because they see me go through that so many times. Like that was probably like my fourth time relapsing. And then uh, my aunt was like, "Hey, you want to come down to Alabama? Uh, you know, I got the house on the property. I live down here now. Come get the fuck out of New York for a little bit. You just keep doing the same shit." And I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll think about it, but I didn't think about it really. And then I say about two weeks after that, like I say about a month into me relapsing, my father's like. Yo, listen, think of and my my father never talked to me like this. He's like, yo, listen, uh, he's like, why don't you think he's like, why don't you go to Alabama for a bit? He's like, you don't look like you're up to anything good. He's like, I'll give you a car. I'll give you a hoopty, whatever, I'll give you a little cheap cause he sells cars on the side. He's like, I'll give you a little fucking little Toyota Camry, whatever, and you can go out there. He's like, I'll give you money for the first three months of the insurance. Just get out of New York. And he's like, and I'll give and I'll give your aunt some money. She's like, um, and I'll drive you down there. He's like, me and your uncle will drive you down there. Um, so you got the car. Just get out of New York. He's like, I'll, tell, I'll help you out for the first three months if you get out of New York. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll do it. I'm like, at this point, I was like, what the fuck do I got to lose? So I went down there, ended up fucking, I was, ended up, you know, having to go through withdrawals for like the first week and a half. Uh, after two weeks, I started working. Like, as soon as I, as soon as I like, like a week of the withdrawals, I started applying for shit, got a job. And this is like 2016? This is 2016. This okay. is the summer. This is July. I moved down there July 1st. Um, so I'd say I got home in March. I didn't relapse until like about mid-April. So I went from April to June, you know, fucking up like slowly, you know, getting back to where I, Not slowly. Getting back to where I was pretty quick. Like hitting rock bottom really quick in that month and a half. And then... June 1st, I was like, all right, let's get the fuck out of here. And uh, while I was down there, like, I was just working. Like, this was the first time, like, I just became, like, a workaholic. What were you doing? I was working at, like, for for the first two weeks, I worked at Taco Bell. And, oh, fuck, I forget the other spot. I can't remember. And then I went, um, I ended up getting a job at a public supermarket. And I was working in um, the kitchen of this Catholic high school. I was just washing dishes. And I was working seven days a week, just nonstop, started saving money. Um, and then I was just hanging out with my family, like, and they're very Catholic. So I'm just hanging out with nothing but, like, Catholic people. And they'll drink, you know, they have their moments where they drink. So, like, you know, I'd, I'd probably, like, drink with them on the weekend sometimes. But, like, I wasn't smoking weed anymore. Like, I was just kind of good. And sometimes I wouldn't even drink because, like, like, I wasn't, by then I just kind of wasn't a big drinker anymore. And, um... It just became like, oh, like I'm like this piece of I got a job, eventually got my own apartment down there, met this girl at Publix, started dating. So I'm like, oh, this is, I'm this is a this is the first time I ever had a normal life. You know what I mean? Like where it 
and I, and I hated the shit. Like, you know, I had the girlfriend, the car, the apartment. You know, I was responsible, whatever. I had a nine to five. It was the first time, like, you know, I was serious about it. Because I usually get a job, but it's like, I get it's just because I got home out of jail and just to make somebody happy, like uh, probation or my parents. And then after six months, I'm like, yo, fuck this shit. Why am I listening to this guy for $10 an hour when I can make 100 in one second or, you know, $3,000 in a week? So I always had that mentality. This is the first time I'm like trying to work my way up. I'm like, oh, I could see myself being a manager here at Publix. And, <laughs> and then I felt like killing myself. I was like, yo, this shit fucking sucks. Started smoking weed again. Uh, one guy's like, yo, I got this Molly. Took it. Next thing I know, five days later, I found out, you know, it was crystal meth. You know, I wasn't sleeping. And then these girls I used to chill with were like, yo, this is fucking meth. Can we have it? And I'm like, oh, here, get this shit the fuck away from me, bro. It was the worst feeling ever. And then I thought, like, it was one of those highs. Cause, and, and twice in that period, I, I snipped coke. And I was like, damn, yo, where the fuck am I heading? Like, I came down here to get away from all this shit, and I caught myself getting back into it somewhere else. And then the meth thing was like a wake-up call because I was like, oh, Molly, I've done Molly before. I, I've done ecstasy before. It's the same shit. And I do it fucking... You know, went to work, fucked up, not knowing it was meth. Um, like I said, fucking stayed up for five days. And in those five days, I thought, I've heard about people having like, like doing angel dust and never being the same after. And I was like, maybe my brain is never going to be the same after this. Because even for like a couple of days after when I finally started sleeping again, my brain didn't feel the same. Like the way I thought and stuff. And I was like, I haven't had a funny thought in my brain. Like I just felt like serious all the time or just like. Like, my brain was just worn out. And I say, like, a couple days, I just started feeling normal again. And then I started comedy. Like So this was, like, February 2019. I was already out there for about... No, 18, sorry. So I was already out there for about, like, a year and a half. In Alabama? In Alabama. You started comedy down there? Mm-hmm. What was the What made you do an open mic or however you started? Uh, my cousin who um, lived out there, he was, he was like... Uh, like, my cousin, I remember he was always funny. And I always wanted to hang out with him because he would make me laugh. And I, I like, want, I remember wanting to be funny because he was funny and I wanted to make him laugh. So, like, I would always try it. And, I, you know, obviously shit wouldn't land. So I was always trying to, like, joke around like him or, or think like him. And uh, he had moved down there and changed his life, like, a few years before. Like, he was already down there for a couple years. So I was just like, all right, fuck it. Let me, you know, I don't mind going down there and being down there with him because he was like a brother to me. And he has suggested, he's like, yo, I want to do comedy. I want to start doing it. I was like, yeah, I want to start doing comedy too. That's been in my mind. And he's like, all right, I got jokes already. He's like, write some jokes and we'll go to an open mic. So that was October 2016. And then I spent from then to about February uh, until November of uh 2017 saying I'm going to start next month. So I was like, yo, next month, next month, next month. Yo, next month, I got something. Next month. And then that November, I got invited to this comedy club down there for my birthday. And the guy's like, um, uh, it was like, it was just people from this brewery and like all three of us had the same birthday. And they're like, yo, Gio's hilarious. You know, bring him, bring him along. So I was like the eighth, I was like the ninth wheel. It was like four couples and me. And I go there and I'm watching these people on stage. And I'm like, yo, I write stuff, jokes like that on stage. Like just, they were just doing almost like one liners. And I was like, wait, you don't have to do whole fucking bits to do this. Like you could just do quick little jokes. So then that put the battery in my back. So I'm like, yo, let me go harder to get in this shit. And I was trying to, but like all the open mics out there. Um, I didn't know there were open mics at bars, like those indie spots. I just... I thought it was at clubs. So I just kept trying to contact the club, and they're like, oh, we're full. Hit us up next month. And um, when I finally got through them, they sent me this email. And they're like, yeah, this is not a regular open mic. This is a con- competition. Bring your best shit. And I was just like, fuck, but I don't even, like, I've never performed before. So I was like, I got to find another open mic before then. So I just found something, like, on Google, and I would email them. They never got back to me. So I said, fuck it. I saw the address. I'm like, I'm just going to show up. And I ended up showing up, and it was probably like 35 comics. Yeah. 
half of them, like Damn. I'd say about like 30 of them don't even do comedy anymore. Um, and uh, I sat there and I couldn't get up. And then I went again uh, the following week, couldn't get up. Uh, and then at that Friday, the host had an album recording. So I was like, oh, let me go hang out the album recording. So I sat through both of them. And at the end, he was like, hey, he's like, it's, uh, it's pretty cool you stay for both of them, man. Yeah. He's like, come back there Monday, go, I'll throw you up. He's like, I'll make sure you get up. Um, and I was like, that it worked out perfect because that was the Monday before the open mic that was on a Friday. And this was like in the club, 70 people room, Damn. actual audience. You got to bring, it was a bringer. Okay. And, but if you won that, you get an audition on the main stage. Uh, it's like another competition. So it was like 13 weeks, 13 winners, and then they compete on the main stage. So I did that. I did, I went to the open mic, fucking 35 comics again. He puts me like third to last. So I went like 30 deep. There was nobody there. It was like the two hosts and like three people and two of them worked there. And I did these five little jokes that I had. And three of them got like, you know, something, but it was just mainly just me talking. And then I had two jokes where I did like religious jokes and they fucking just nothing. I didn't get like just stares the whole time. And like the three things that I did got one laugh each. It was a little build up, but it got like a little chuckle. I was just like, okay. So I went that Friday and I was like, okay, I'm going to write an intro and then finish with these three jokes. So I dropped the religious ones and fucking I went, the the intro fucking bombed. So then I went into the three little one-liner bits and I ended up winning that, the semifinals. And the guy who came in second place, and this is why I think, I didn't think I was going to win because you don't see the other people, but I heard him crushing. And I was like, I didn't get those laughs that he got. I got laughs, but not like him. His shit was more consistent. But then I found out later he was doing like Bernie Mac jokes. And the judges knew and the, and the guy running it knew. So oh my God. they just gave him second and gave me first. Wow. Because mine's was like more original, I yeah. guess. And from then on, I just fucking was a drug addict to like, that was my new addiction. Switched. Yeah. So you were in Alabama for how much longer before you came back to New York? A year and a half. And then once you came to New York, where did you move to? I went straight back to Long Island. So I went back to my parents. Cause went I back to your parents, and then would you just come into the city now to yeah, do just comedy? Yeah, yeah. And it started off at open mics, what, Climate Lounge and all over the place. Climate and then Lounge, started to meet Creek people. Cave. Yeah, started to meet people, rub shoulders, get on shows. Yeah, um, did the whole process. You know, yeah. if you're a comedian or... You know, I went through the same process as everybody Bro, else. It's so There's no funny shortcuts. That, you know what I mean? There's I'll luck. start next week. I'll start next month. Yes. Dude, it's... It's a common thread for all of us comedians initially mm-hmm. starting because it is fucking terrifying yep. up there for sure. Mm-hmm. But once you do it a handful of times, <clears throat> you find that you really love it. You can get in the mix, yeah. you know. And um, I mean, dude, you guys have a show now at the stand. And to think that, you know, six years ago you were rock bottom. And now here you are consistently moving to the jetliner views, bro. Still feels like rock bottom sometimes. <laughs> I, I, it's, that's comedy every day. Yeah. At least you're doing what you love. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. I don't have to fucking, you know, go through uh, drug withdrawals. Gio, I have to say, man, that this was likely one of the more interesting podcast episodes thank we've you, ever you. had. Thank you so much for coming Appreciate on the it. Ted Appreciate Jones it. podcast. And guys, if you want to see Gio in action, come to the Ted Jones Comedy Show Tuesday, May 3rd, 7 p.m. Gio will be there, correct? Yes, sir. Amazing. I will and be when there. is the next 23 and 1 comedy show where you, we can uh, see your show? At the uh, May 17th, uh, we have Luis J. Gomez, Reggie Conquest, uh, Karen Feehan. Fuck. All right. <laughs> dig I'm now. Yeah, we got the yeah, we right got the link here the in link. the description. Geo, seriously, thank you so much, yeah. guys. If you liked this episode, let me know. Ted Jones World at gmail.com. Geo, please let us know where to find you. I believe it's Geo Perez. Geo Perez eighty six. G E O. Some people put G I O. G E O. Geo, you're the freaking man. We'll see you May third. Thanks Appreciate so much, guys. It. Appreciate for listening. it. Peace.